When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast, the recruiting edition. Shay Dixon, along with myself, Billy Embody, going to be bringing you guys a recruiting podcast each week. Usually going to be on Tuesday afternoons or so by the time we get it online. But with the the week being moved back and moved around by the holiday weekend, uh, we are coming to you guys Wednesday afternoon. Who knows? Maybe one day we'll actually be live on this thing instead of just a recording. But uh, Shay, uh, it was a tough game, uh, you know, loss to to FSU, the one point loss in the Superdome. But I will say this, LSU had the benefit of having plenty of recruits on hand. That is a new rule that uh, programs, when they play neutral site games, are allowed to invite recruits in. They can't talk to them like a normal home game um, or an away game. Um, you know, they can't they can't talk to them at all. But um, when you have an opportunity to play in a place like the Superdome, which was a terrific atmosphere on Sunday night uh, and have the group of recruits LSU did have in there, um, that's a big deal for a program that, you know, especially when you talk about playing in New Orleans as LSU, as the school, uh, as the flagship university for Louisiana, uh, that atmosphere for recruits had to be pretty special. Yeah, and we'll catch up here uh, in just a second as we run through down, uh, run through our list of things of uh, what some of the guys told you uh, that you talked to, obviously, from current commits to targets to guys for the next couple of years. Uh, but I will say, and, and I'm kind of looking through the comments right now, uh, if you didn't read the article, it's, uh, it's a good one called LSU Commits Recruits React to the First Game of the Brian Kelly Era. You can find it on our site, on either of our uh, Twitter pages. Uh, if you are not a member, it's only a dollar for a year. So, um, you pay a dollar, it's probably just worth it to read all this kind of stuff and the tidbits we've posted this week, uh, let alone get a whole year in. So you can find that if you want to sign up, head to the or, uh, my Twitter page, it's pinned at the top. You can find the link and, uh, for a buck you're in for a year, but Billy, I made the comment to you earlier today, the recruits and how they've reacted to it is about as more level-headed than a lot of the fans can be sometimes. And uh, I think for them, they took away a good game. They thought LSU fought back. And so many of these guys just enjoyed uh, the atmosphere of being in the Superdome and being able to be there on kind of LSU's dime. You know, LSU and FSU both had recruits there, but uh, LSU had some big names. And and I definitely think it makes a, a lasting impact when kids, not just in this class, but maybe more notably in the coming classes, uh, get to be in the, you know, in the Superdome around the LSU fans, get to be a part of uh, kind of the wild fourth quarter and everything that it was. And then uh, also just kind of set things up for what will now begin. And we'll talk about that. The first home game this weekend, kids starting to come to Tiger Stadium for the first time in the Brian Kelly era. And uh, we'll see how they handle official visitors and all that this year. But I thought that despite the loss, despite not playing well for a, a good amount of the time, uh, the recruits seem to enjoy it. And, uh, and Billy, one guy that we, we had our crystal ball picks, or I should say, gosh, I'm, I'm old school now. I'm at on three, our RPM picks, uh, yes. in on Zion Ferguson, 
uh, out of Grayson, their third commitment out of Grayson, Billy, um, which is a big time school in Georgia. It would be like if you were running off, which they are right now, a bunch of Neville commitments, getting two in uh, the past two classes, just a school that puts out a ton of talent. And Zion's a guy we've both seen in person. He was at LSU summer camp, uh, but that shut things down. And uh, even after the loss, he'd committed on Sunday morning. He obviously said, I'm just excited for the future, what we're building. Um, but that was a big commitment for them. Put them, I guess, kept them, Billy, in the top five or six for next year's class. Yeah, Zion Ferguson and talking with uh, Charles Power, who has watched a good bit of, of Grayson over the years, um, saw him break out against Travis Hunter, the number one athlete in the uh, 2022 class, I believe, that uh, committed to Jackson State famously on National Signing Day. Wild recruitment that was. But, uh, you know, took on that challenge and broke out uh, in that sense as a really young prospect uh, as a sophomore at Grayson. And now, you know, getting close to that six foot uh, range, 150 ish, 160 pounds. Um, so I mean, he's going to need to get stronger. He's going to need to add mass, which he has plenty of time to do. Um, good ball skills, good instincts. Uh, we're still kind of, and this is the case with a lot of these young prospects. You wait to see what they run maybe in track or in a camp setting uh, after their junior seasons going into their senior year to really get an idea of how athletic they are. But a guy that generally checks the boxes in terms of what you look for right now He'd be a high floor type of prospect from what we see. He joins JoJo Stone in the class of 2024, an elite receiver prospect for Cortez Hankton. And then 2023 uh, defensive back commit Michael Doherty as those Grayson kids, like you mentioned, Shay. Um, I, I think Michael Doherty, you know, really started this, obviously. He got JoJo Stone to jump on board shortly thereafter. Uh, and now you've got Zion Ferguson continuing this run uh, in, at, from that Grayson program. Uh, he ranks just outside the top 150 overall prospects in the country, according to the on three consensus, um, which if you don't know what that is, that's an equally weighted uh, ranking across the four recruiting services uh, started by us at on three. So you can check that out on his page uh, on three has him as the number 174 overall cornerback prospect in the country. We're the second highest recruiting service uh, uh, ranking on him. But yeah, Shay, I think this is one that, you know, he kind of alluded to us. Um, and on three and Jeremy Johnson uh, that he was getting close to a decision. And then, you know, we picked up word that it was indeed going to be LSU. And I think Michael Doherty and Jojo Stone are really taking on that role of being uh, high quality recruiters for this LSU program, really uh, pushing, um, you know, for guys to jump on board and look the state of Georgia between 2023 and 2024 right now uh, is being very kind uh, to LSU right now. It's one of the top five. It's above Louisiana in top five states per capita uh, in terms of college players or uh, NFL guys. So, yeah, it's always, always big to get into Georgia. They had a run on it last class. Um, I thought Weeks played well as a backup linebacker the other day. His brother's a really good prospect coming out of Georgia. Um, so, yes, I, I like that they've continued the run that kind of really started for LSU uh, in the prior coach with the prior coaching staff. Uh, Ed Orgeron and them were heavy in Georgia from. Eric Gilbert to Arden Key back in the day to Max Johnson at quarterback. And we've seen this new staff completely uh, pick up where they left off and in a good way. So, um, Billy, I will say this. <clears throat> Zion gets on board, but he's for next year. I know a lot of people think, look, he's only a junior in high school. That's really far away from me. Uh, talk to me about the guys who uh, are seniors that can help this team out next year. I think probably my favorite 
group, one of them, and we'll talk about uh, the other group here in a minute, but one of them, my favorite groups of commitments in this class, guys who will end up signing in December is the D-line. I think Jamar Kane's just done a really good job, the defensive line coach of going from a national place at OU where he was a D-line coach to LSU. And if you're at OU and you're at LSU, you're recruiting a lot of the same D-linemen. At OU, you're recruiting national D-linemen at LSU. You've got a national brand as well. Uh, and he's gone all over the country to get guys. One of the highest ranked guys he got uh, is St. Francis Academy's Deshaun Womack, I think. Let's see. On three consensus has him as the number seven edge rusher in the country. Pretty much the same on on three. We've got him at number eight, but the number one player in Maryland. So obviously a really big name, uh, a guy who's going to at 6'4", 245, give you even kind of a little bit bigger jack than than you might be used to likely a guy who puts his hand in the dirt plays some d end but either way uh, a big time player and there was a lot of this going on a lot of national games out there with big teams traveling to play big teams he plays for saint francis they went to desoto in texas you were over by desoto in texas correct me if i'm wrong usually isn't desoto good like how is saint francis out here flexing on them 47 to 7 uh, absolute blowout DeSoto, blowout. DeSoto is good, is one of the top programs in Texas. Uh, they're, they're going through a little bit of, it, I think, growing pains, at least, um, you know, from what it seemed like against St. Francis. I mean, that was a that was a beatdown. And, and, you know, Deshaun Womack was a big part of that. He dominated off the edge. He had two, three sacks, I believe, um, forced fumble, uh, got after the quarterback, made some tackles at the line. I mean, just really disrupted. Uh, the game, and, and quite honestly, probably when you look at his snaps, probably played about two and a half, maybe three quarters. Um, you know, a couple of his instances where he got a sack, he, you know, they'd already taken out the starters and then plugged him back in for a play, and he just kind of came in cold off the bench and you know, grabbed a sack. So um, that St. Francis Academy team, led by 2024 quarterback Michael Van Buren, uh, was really impressive. It was actually a pretty emotional start to that game. Makai Workman. Uh, a, a receiver for SFA lost his dad, um, got in a motorcycle accident. He was a Baltimore firefighter. Uh, he passed away on Friday. The game was on Saturday. He played uh, and he caught a couple touchdown passes for SFA. So um, pretty special win for uh, Womack and, and that entire SFA crew. I was really impressed. I've seen him now at uh, Under Armour Future 50 um, and then now in person in, in, in a game setting. And he was terrific. He's locked in on LSU. Uh, he's going to be there for the LSU Ole Miss game. Uh, we'll have full recap of, of what, what's going on with Womack and, and where his commitment stands um, on the Bengal Tiger. Check that out. Again, a dollar for just a year. Um, but I was thoroughly impressed with him. Michael Van Buren as well, the four-star quarterback, uh, made some really pretty throws. He hasn't been offered by LSU yet, but Joe Sloan and the staff are in contact there. And, you know, that game was just on the heels of uh, Duncanville, um, you know, playing uh, Orlando Jones. So a few elite prospects in that game uh, as well. And we've got some notes as well on some of those prospects uh, on the site. Uh, Shay, that the state of Texas has been really good to, to LSU as well this cycle. Um, and one of, you know, the prospects that jumped on board this summer had a historic night uh, in the state of Texas uh, early in the week, kind of kicking off the weekend of high school football. Uh, just an insane uh, stat line for four-star LSU commit and Lucas Lovejoy wideout Kyle Parker. Billy, that's as historic as it, well, literally by definition of historic, 
23 catches was the total. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think that was the third most in Texas high school football history and the most in the history of the DFW area. Um, 341 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, Billy, you're in Texas. or And this is 6A football. Like, how often is anyone touching anything close to those numbers? Certainly catch-wise. Uh Probably here and there, but not close. You know, Jackson Smith and Jigba is probably the last one that I remember in the area that was doing things like this. I mean, and think about this Lovejoy offense, too. For those that don't know, they've got uh, prospect Jackson Lavender in the 2023 class committed to SMU. They have Parker Livingstone, who's a 2024 wide receiver that is probably getting looks by LSU. He's got Texas. He's got Oklahoma. He's got a few big-time offers already. And then in 2025 – they have a guy who's probably going to finish in the top 150 overall prospects and Dalen McCutcheon. They roll out three quarterbacks in a game too. all that have been starters in the DFW area. So this Lovejoy offense cooks and, you know, I feel bad for Kyle to have a game like that and it being a loss to a tough Argyle team, but yeah, no one's really doing stuff like that. Uh, and, and it was truly impressive. Well, there was a the thing that it's not just 6A football. You mentioned the, being that they lost in Argyle. That's a battle of top five teams in the state. So um, about as good as it gets uh, for a Friday night performance in Kyle Parker. And I think it drives him for me, Billy, that if they're done at receiver, and we'll see if they add anybody else down the line, but you've already got four. So if you don't happen to get anybody else, that's a good number to bring in. I say that when Jalen Brown, who was at the game this weekend in New Orleans, uh, a top 50 overall player, Shelton Sampson, a five-star, you know, top 30 overall player. And then Kai Prion here in Louisiana now at St. James uh, is a four-star and, and highly ranked player, not, not in the top 50 like those guys. But those three alone, people would consider to be a really good recruiting class. Then you've got Kyle Parker, who's a four-star out there. He's in Texas. He just started, what, last year was his first year playing uh, full-time football and, and being on varsity. And the thought was, oh, he's got some real upside. And then he comes out in the opener and puts up 340-something yards and three touchdowns. Cortez Hankton's got to be feeling good about all the work they did over the spring into the summer and now starting the fall with four legit receiver options. Yeah, and and four guys that are, are locked in. I mean, the, the, you know, I, I went and saw Jalen Brown, you know, for his scrimmage yeah. and talked with him and his dad. And, and, you know, everybody's on the same page. They – moved up his commitment because they were ready to go. Jalen was ready. They all agreed as a family that LSU was the spot for them. And, you know, he's off to a strong start to the year. He didn't play this past weekend. They didn't have a game. Um, his dad joked with me that, you know, they wish they would have gotten into, into New Orleans Friday night instead. But, um, you know, you had Shelton Sampson who had, I believe, nine catches or eight catches, 92 yards and two scores. Yeah, he got to like 90-something yards and two touchdowns. And they played uh, a big-time cop. I think everybody was out there playing big-time competition on uh, this past weekend. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah, so really good uh, start to the season for these LSU wide receiver commits. Um, and, you know, I think for the most part, we can kind of transition to this, the recruiting impact, if any, of the loss to Florida State 
most of these guys that we've talked to, you know, some of them have kept it real and said, you know, that Tyree Adams, for example, said that was not to the LSU standard. That was not to the SEC standard. I like um, his know, answer. I expect more from him. And, you know, that's keeping it real. It doesn't mean Tyree Adams is all of a sudden going to go elsewhere because of it. And No, most, that's when keeping it real goes wrong right there. Yeah. Yeah, these, these guys really seem to be locked in. So, you know, I think there there are many different ways you can kind of look at the loss to FSU. I mean, it, these guys can see playing opportunities. They can, you know, see the program in game one with all the changes, you know, have a lot of, um, you know, be right there to win it, you know, and, and even not playing the cleanest game, especially, you know, in special teams. Uh, I, I don't think if anyone's worried about recruiting impact of LSU's loss to FSU, I, I don't see too much of it. No, not at all. And I beat this drum to death on the podcast every year and on local radio a lot more than I, I mean, they've lost a lot in the past couple of years. Uh, so I've done it a lot, but the high school kids and let's high school student athletes who are high level recruits, who are the best player, you know, are very good players on their high school team get recruited by colleges. They don't view this through the same lens as fans do when it's, you lost a game. Well, the season's over, you know, it's, I'm down on the team. We're never going to be good. Can we fast forward to next year? Was this the right hire? They don't look at any of it like that. And the again, check out Billy's story on the website. He's got double-digit kids who've weighed in, whether, again, commits or targets. And you mentioned what Tyree Adams had to say. Um, a lot of other guys were just like, look, I. it's a building experience. You know, it's a building, ex, not experiment, but it's a building of a foundation here in year one for Brian Kelly. And they're being recruited to that. Hey, I'm trying to take LSU from where it's at now to something bigger. And they want to be a part of that. And they know that doesn't happen overnight. But my point on these kids, they beyond like one or two, maybe St. Francis and them, like you lose every third Friday or something like that. Like it's not the end of the world. And I know how all these kids think. They think like the players on teams do or how athletes are, anyone who's competitive. They think, well, we lost by one, but we were better. We really should have won. If we played like that the whole time, we would have won. And they move on from it. It's not some, man, I should totally rethink my commitment now moment for anybody. So I think it's a good thing for LSU fans to read your piece because then you can see how they look at a game, which is very, you know, if I'm a receiver, I'm looking at what the receivers did. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, they could either use my help or I really like that they spread it out or whatever it might be. These guys don't, you know, hit the panic button and all of a sudden call up the staff and say, hey, look, I might need to rethink things. Uh, I think they'll be fine. I think this is the same. It's not surprising they lost. Was it perfect? Was it clean? No. Should they have come out looking better? Yes. Of course, we can pick it apart in a million ways. And they looked better in a lot of areas than I actually thought they would. Um, But at the end of the day, you turn the page, you move on to this week's game against Southern. You've got guys coming in. Everyone's moving along with their high school season. Um, a one point loss is no big deal, uh, in my mind to these recruits, they're you know, committed to a program that had back to back 500 finishes. Like <laughs> they wouldn't have done that if they weren't committed to LSU and think, Hey, look, I can go in there and we can build something special, uh, and do what the past three coaches at LSU have done, which is win national championships. Yeah. I, I will say it's pretty unreal in terms of, you know, the classes I've covered through the years at LSU. I think this one is probably on the same page the most. You can tell the messaging is really, really solid in terms of what they want these kids to buy into. And they are, they want to be the class that helps, you know, bring that national championship mentality and, and, and realistic goal back to LSU 
Um, and, and they're all very much on board with the fact that it's going to take some time, but we want to be the ones to lead it. So, you know, it's funny. We talk about the recruiting impact of the loss. I don't think the loss had any impact on these two prospects, but we are going to note them because we're going to kind of roll right through onto what's next for LSU. Uh, four-star defensive back Bravion Rogers, who decommitted from Texas A&M a couple weeks ago, recommitted to the Aggies on Tuesday evening, and then four-star offensive lineman T.J. Shanahan finally went public with his decision to commit to Texas A&M as well. These are two guys that, one, T.J. Shanahan was kind of trending towards Texas A&M for a long time. I think he kind of wanted a little bit more of a stage um, or, or, you know, a little shine to do it. And then Bravion Rogers was somebody that had been committed to the Aggies for a while, I think went through kind of a rash decision, thanks to LSU, pushing very hard. Uh, for him to back away from his commitment. Um, but he was back in College Station over the weekend, and that was enough for him to jump back on board. We're not going to spend too much time on those guys, but what's next for LSU is, one, they're hoping to get four-star defensive back JV and Toviano out of Arlington Martin on campus this weekend. Uh, when I last spoke with Javian, he was still planning to come to LSU Southern. We'll see if he makes that trip. That's kind of the thing for a lot of these Texas guys. This is Texas Alabama weekend. Texas has been pushing for JV and Toviano. Texas AM has. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he does show up for this weekend as he kind of continues to play out his recruiting process. He's probably one of the biggest targets left on the board uh, for LSU overall. Um, he would really solidify this defensive back class as, as one of the best in the country. Yeah, I think that's kind of where we're at right now, right? It's like, what do they do next at DB? And they've got some corners committed. They've got some safeties committed. They've got guys like Michael Doherty, who could be viewed as kind of a nickel-type player committed. So they've certainly tried to address each little spot in the defensive backfield. And I'm higher on some of the guys than others. And, and you can kind of look at the rankings and see kind of which different levels they're hitting on of guys right now. And obviously, senior seasons are big. Um, like, for instance, I, I'm the guys ranked the lowest, Ashton Stamps, is one of the ones I like the most. So – I think this senior year, we could see a lot of these guys kind of uh, go up or down in the rankings or whatever it might be, but really get a feel for what kind of prospects LSU is getting here. But I thought the question, because they did that run of DBs all the way up to Kylan Jackson out of Zachary, uh, he's a really talented safety, physical, can play in the box. That's where he probably is at his best. And you wondered, okay, they've got a little bit of everything now, but where are they going to go from here? And do they get any of these like really big time, like highly ranked DBs that, you know, can come in here and be, and, and look, I'm not just like a Grant Delp, but a Jamal Adams, like I know Jamal Adams is an all pro all that, but you know, highly ranked guys or, you know, that, and I say that because those guys are Texas guys and we were looking and everyone was talking about Bravion Rogers. And it was clear that LSU had kind of made headway with him to the point where, he was committed to Texas A&M despite being a Texas kid. He decommits from A&M. All of a sudden, LSU's out there as being very much in the mix and Bama and USC. And he's talking about even as of a week ago, I think he caught up with Sam uh, or at least not maybe within a week ago and said, yeah, I'm going to make all these visits before I decide. And boom, he goes to A&M. Here's my first visit. And I'm committed to them again. Uh, so obviously, whatever conversations he and the A&M staff had or the commits there or whatever, there was enough. Uh, I'm not to say pressure, but there was enough there for him to get back on board. I think Toviano is interesting because every time I heard someone say Bravion Rogers, Billy, I heard people say JV and Toviano and Toviano is a safety. But I think in the lens of LSU fans, it's 
He's another Texas kid. We've done well recruiting Texas DBs before. He seems to be interested enough to where he doesn't really tip his cap at all of, of kind of any of these teams and where they stand. So the buzz around LSU is kind of allowed to grow some. Uh, no one's like coming out and shutting it down and be like, look, he's really going to end up at this school. There isn't a lot of that going on right now. Is that fair that Toviano is someone realistically that LSU could get because you've spent a lot of time around him? Yeah, I do. I do think he is somebody LSU can realistically get. I mean, he is a man of mystery. I will say that he does not tip his hand. He will tell you things like I've got three official visits in mind, but he won't give them up. He won't, you know, even if he knows like I'm going to go to these these three schools, I don't have dates yet. He won't, you know, kind of tip his hand. He, he just doesn't likes to keep things close to his vest. Um, he I wants you to be a journalist, Billy. He wants you to keep digging. You know, he's yeah. get it to you. I, I believe he, he is a, a, from a military background. His family's in the military. So kind of a maybe a secretive, uh, operative kind of, uh, you know, way about going, going about his recruitment. Um, his brother does play at Rice, I believe. So they've gone through the recruiting process uh, already. Look, I think he's somebody that, you know, one, Robert Siebels has done a terrific job working him at corner, but I think he can play all over. I mean, he could play corner or safety and be really, really successful at it. Um, I think LSU's right. Yeah, I think we have him. We have him ranked as a safety. So I went with number number five safety in the country on the on three consensus. So we're talking about a really highly ranked kid here. Yeah. And physically, I mean, he is ready to go. I mean, he just he looks the part. I mean, he looks like he's spent two years in a college weight room and Look, Martin has, is one of the top programs in the country, um, you know, high school programs in the country for a reason, and, and they get their kids ready to go. But, you know, I, I see this one as a three-team battle, LSU, Texas, Texas A&M, with maybe Michigan hanging around. Um, but, you know, I was talking with a source around his recruitment, and a lot of people have talked about LSU and Texas A&M. I think Texas is one that I think you almost got to kind of keep your eye on here because they're starting to lurk. And he's mentioned making multiple visits to Austin uh, this fall. And, you know, what does that mean? As you try to, like, unpack everything Toviano has in front of him as far as his recruitment goes, trying to break it all down would probably make you go crazy. I just leave it as LSU's in the mix with Texas and Texas A&M with Michigan as a dark horse in my mind. Okay, let me ask you this. Okay, so he plays – I think he plays at what? uh, He plays at Martin, right? But – where do these Arlington kids usually end up? Like if they've got the pick of the litter, where like where, who's pipelining this school? You know, uh, this school in particular, um, if I am remembering correctly, uh, had Miles Garrett. And then they also had, I be- they had a couple of kids sign with Texas in the last two years uh, in Ernest Cooper. Um, if I'm again, remembering that right, uh, just off the top of my head. So it's kind of been a lot of, Texas flavor in terms of these Martin kids. Um, no, he had Travell Johnson. Travell Johnson was the 2022 signee for the Longhorns, who's there. Um, and then Maurice Blackwell uh, went to Texas in 2021. Um, but, you know, outside of the 2022, you know, commit and uh, Travell, you know, signee, that's, you know, an old coaching staff. That's, you know, how do you, how do you kind of compare some of that, um, you know, here and there, but, you know, it, I would say Texas and Texas A&M are where a lot of these kids tend to go. I think a lot of people have latched on to, and look, I'm not discounting LSU or Michigan, but Toviano is very much open to going out of state and he's gone on record and he's said that and he's talked about it at length. Does it mean he's going to go out of state is always, you know, my question. And that'll be kind of the interesting thing. I mean, you talk to different people around this recruitment and some people are like, 
that kid probably wants to get out of town and, and, you know, go spread his wings. And others say, man, I'm, I'm just telling you, word on the ground here is, you know, look out, you know, it would be tough to get him out of Texas. This is a kid that if you're Texas and Texas A&M, you have to keep home. I mean, it's just one of those players that been on the radar so long. Um, he's elite defensive back. You know, both of those schools have kind of struggled to have elite defensive back play as well. So there's a lot of motivation to keep him in Texas. But LSU has done a really terrific job recruiting him. Um, he's very complimentary of the job they've done. He has said he want, he's you know probably going to go to LSU Southern, but he also just says, I put out my visits when I end up going there. So um, that's worth noting when you're trying to track him. Well, I'll – and you – we mentioned this because, like you said, he might be at the Southern game, and we're talking about just a couple guys who uh, – no official visitors this weekend are scheduled, but they'll have unofficial visitors, meaning guys just coming in on their own dime. They get given tickets to the game by LSU, and you get to watch it with all the recruits and kind of – hang out with the personnel staff. I'll tell you if there's one, maybe not even if there's one out-of-state recruit, if there's one recruit for next year that people ask me about Billy more than anybody else, it's Colin Simmons. And you're an SMU guy, you're in Dallas, so you know Duncanville as well as anyone. This is a kid coming out of Duncanville who you pull up his on-three page and I'll it screams right out, out at you, Billy. It says number one edge rusher in the country. And right next to it, it says recruiting prediction machine, LSU 91%. Obviously, the recruiting prediction machine puts in a variety of things, whether you visited the school, you've been offered all these different things. Shoot us straight here. Does LSU have a real shot at Colin Simmons? Yeah, I think when you look at Colin Simmons, you know, top 10 prospect, two on the consensus, just, you know. So everybody that, wants him. Everybody wants, wants this he, he's, he visited Oregon at the end of July. Um, I will say this. If you're trying to track his visits, it's even harder than J.B. and Toviano. He told me, you know, early in that week that he was headed to LSU for Bayou Splash. He then told me Georgia about halfway through. And then, lo and behold, he ends up going to Oregon uh, just a couple, you know, days later. So he is one that will just – be undecided. Uh, I saw him for his scrimmage. He told me he's going for LSU Southern and then was back the next week. Uh, and someone caught up with him and he said, I'm going to Bama, Texas. And then when I saw him on Saturday after they played Orlando Jones, he said, I'm going to LSU Southern and I am not going to Bama, Texas. So I asked him directly, but I do think LSU does have a realistic shot to get him. I do. I think Jamar Kane is one of those guys that you throw into just about any recruitment. And if he's going to go uh, and prioritize a guy, they're going to have a good shot. And, you know, if you followed the 2023 class so far, that was kind of what we had talked about pretty much from the get go when it comes to Jackson Howard and or Darren Reed, Deshaun Womack, Nicholas Harbor. And they're in it with all those guys or have them committed. So, you know, he is a ace recruiter for a reason. I think LSU's right in the mix. I think he's going to have, you know, Oklahoma, Texas A&M is now pushing to get him on campus. Texas, um, Bama, um, Oregon, you know, he really liked Oregon. He called it something different. Um, but, you know, I do think he's probably one of those guys. Uh, and then Georgia as well. You can back to them. And I think he's one of those regional guys like Texas area, Oklahoma, LSU, Bama, Georgia, Definitely kind of screams like an SEC type of prospect in terms of recruitment. And um, those would be the schools I would watch as of now. Okay, so it could be a big weekend. Another guy, Colin Hurley, who 2025 class. So too far really in advance for us to talk much about. We just 
stretched it there with 2024. But uh, Akita will be a sophomore, is a sophomore quarterback uh, down in Jacksonville. The rankings haven't dropped for 2025, but he's a guy who's trying to put himself in the mix early on for one of the top quarterback rankings. He's got an LSU offer. Joe Sloan and the staff had him in a camp this summer uh, and have been pretty active in his recruitment. Um, Florida as well, a num- number of other schools, but uh, he's slated to be on campus. And Billy, that, that'll about wrap things up. But I think what, so our takeaways right now are no need to press any panic buttons. They're, the recruits are all fine. They had no decommitments this week following the loss. They'll beat Southern. They've got a big game against Mississippi State coming up. Uh, you start to get into the meat of the SEC schedule. The visitor lists start to get a little bit bigger and bigger. Um, so it'll be an interesting time uh, to kind of see how things unfold, both with a class right now. I guess to wrap this up, we should mention this as we do this each week. They are ranked number six on the 2023 on three consensus football team rankings. That's with 22 commitments. Um, a really nice start for them. And, and look, if you're looking at uh, just the on three rankings, because I know some people want to know about the five stars or at least a five star in Shelton Sampson. Uh, no, two five stars, right? Uh, in the on three yep. rankings. Shelton and Zalance. Shelton Sampson and Zalance Heard up at Neville. So a couple of Louisiana kids uh, ranked as five stars that LSU does have committed. Uh, two five stars, 12 four stars, and three eight or eight three stars. Um, gosh, I think I messed all that up there, but. Uh, you get the point, uh, is where they're sitting. 22 total commits, an average score just above 93, uh, and everyone is sitting in the 93 range, including Georgia, Texas, Ohio State, Bama. Uh, then you get to number six, Notre Dame. They're in the 92 range, uh, sitting with OU and Florida. So that's a real that's like that's right where you want to be. Like if signing day could end right now, that's an in insanely good class for them considered it's a whole new staff taking over a program that's gone 500 basically in back-to-back seasons and then this year starting off with a loss I don't think it's the biggest deal these kids are on board knowing they're building towards a foundation and as you said the message and the directive and the goal from Brian Kelly both to the team and clearly to recruits is very clear because they all seem to be on the same page of what they're building, what they're buying into, and what they're staying committed to until signing day. Absolutely. Couldn't have said it better myself. So with that, we're going to wrap it up. Guys, stick around on thebengaltiger.com if you're already a subscriber. And if you're not, subscribe for a dollar for the entire year. We're going to post the visitor list for the LSU Southern game later this week. We'll drop tidbits as we get them on terms of who's confirmed to come in. So that'll be a big, uh, obviously, weekend, the first LSU home game of the year. Lots of coverage to come on thebengaltiger.com, so don't miss it. Subscribe for just a dollar for the entire year. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. We appreciate all you guys who are listening and watching. We will catch you guys next week for another edition of the Recruiting Podcast. One under our belts for Shay Dixon. I'm Billy Ambai. Thanks for listening to this edition, and we will catch you guys next week.